Welcome, everybody, to the College Rugby Wrap-Up, part of the Rugby Wrap-Up Network. Zach Lanning here, and the gang is back together. We got the whole crew available here for our – this is our first actual, like, in-season rugby podcast talking about games, real live games, not practice. We're not talking about practice. We're talking about games. Uh, so welcome in, guys. Thanks for joining me. Got Josh Resio here with us and Colby Marshall uh josh we missed you last week on the pod how are you feeling how was your uh how's your week off you know it uh it was nice i'm dealing you know i'm dealing with a sinus infection so i'm i'm really i'm really struggling through it but uh i'm here i'm ready to talk rugby um we're back we're back no more no more off-season stuff we're, we're back to the grind yeah it feels real it feels official you know it's week one it's time to get going um super super pumped see josh you know not be uh not too beaten up from his fight with the spartan <laughs> happy to have you back buddy so uh let's get to it is that where the sinus infection is from josh well you know alumni weekend can um can do a lot to a man um but uh and i i did i was reminded that i am no longer a college student uh, i cannot <laughs> cannot hang with uh with that group that's a yeah. different part of life you're only a, you're only a year removed from school yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A year or two removed. I'm an old man now. You're an old man, right? Right, right. <laughs> so I, Josh may not have uh, lost a battle with a, a Spartan. He definitely got whooped by, I believe, what it looks like a bulldog wearing a sweater. We can get to that later uh, <laughs> a little bit in our game recaps. Uh, might be a little painful. But first, guys, I want to chat a little bit of uh, – Outside of school, some we'll try this segment here. Some news just from games and college or not rug, rugby, just outside of the college space. Things that are going on in the rugby world that we can just weigh in on. Um, but you know, I'm really excited this upcoming weekend. I want to get your guys' thoughts. The Sevens World Cup is kicking off in South Africa. Uh, it's really exciting stuff. I mean, we're on the heels of a PR Sevens tournament that went really well. Um, we'll have the men's and women's teams for the states out there competing. I think both are looking to make some noise. I, I, you know, I think a lot of them can, uh, are, both those sides are looking or expect to, to win uh, out there and win some sort of hardware at the end of the day. Uh, LA sevens, not as uh, successful for, I think the, the U S squad as they may have hoped, but they're looking to rebound here in, in the world cup seven. So you guys have any thoughts on, on those games coming up as this weekend? Yeah, it should be pretty interesting. You know, the U S are going to play the winner of Wells and Korea from, uh, match day one i think in the round of 16 so should be a should be a lot of fun watching them yeah like you said i think they have a good shot to win it all um fiji's in there as well australia south africa england france argentina all countries to be reckoned with so it should be a a nice little competition uh and they would play new zealand in the next round if they were to get through um either korea or wells in the first so was it new zealand or was it that they had to go through fiji again because i feel like they have a date with fiji coming up i feel like it's always fiji somehow every time they they can never avoid them and they always play them too early uh it's rough but um fiji although it's not as dominant in la as i thought i mean they definitely beat us i think but they weren't you know infallible out there so all i gotta say shout out to steven thomasine cardinal newman high school grad you know, he's uh he's representing the Bay Area really well. So glad to see that he's the captain. Um, he's representing a really cool group. I think I think this is a sevens group that's probably one of the most interesting groups in regards to their stories. You know, seeing someone like Lucas LeCamp get to make a World Cup roster so young in his career, 
no matter what happens, I, I think the future is bright for USA sevens and, you know, it's, um, it's really an exciting time to watch and I hope everyone tunes in this weekend. Yeah. Lucas LeCamp out of UCLA and David Steele is somebody who I really love watching play. I mean, coming out of that, I think the Raptors program, you know, somebody who is new to the sport, but has all the physical tools and it's just really putting the two together now has looked really good. Um, so yeah, I think I'm excited to watch those games. The women take on Poland in the first round, I think at like six 30 on Saturday morning. So I'm going to try my best to get up and watch that, but we'll see. Um, any other thoughts on the World Cup? Seven style before we move on? Yeah, so I, I have a, a question, talking point. So, you, you know, don't have to say you obviously... have a talking point. We're on a show that we do talk. <laughs> so you just kind of talk your point if you want. That's but very go ahead, true. Sorry. I guess I could just share my point without having to explain it. That's very true. <laughs> Regardless, I, you know, with the 15th World Cup coming up as well uh, later this year, how much does your performance in a competition like this sevens tournament matter if you're a guy looking to make a spot on the 15s roster like two different games are you looking asking you guys like are you does it does it matter you know performing at the sevens level for 15s i mean all for in my opinion i think it's it's two totally separate games and i think they are both looking to be at the top so i mean i don't i don't see a lot of crossover anymore at all between sevens athletes and 15s maybe a little more so on the women's side if you have like a Lona Mar might play, you know, both, but you're seeing less and less crossover at all. So I think two completely separate squads. So they don't even think about 15s. Um, they're thinking about winning gold at the, on the sevens pitch. Uh, and so I think that you'll start to see that uh, completely separate, you know, rosters for, for both of those. So it's almost a complete, it's a very different game. I agree. I think, I think the best path forward, um, as the game continues to grow is to keep it separate. I think you're going to find people that just excel in the sevens game. And you're going to find people that really want to work hard to make that cap for the 15s team. So keeping it separate, I think is going to be the best way for the U S to, you know, maybe start to find some traction and start to get better places in these uh, tournaments that they're going to. Yeah. I mean, I guess if anything, it could be used as something to measure how a player maybe performs at that level. Like, if you're a scrum half out there playing sevens and you perform, you know, at a high level on the sevens pitch in the world cup, maybe that gives a coach confidence that you'll, you know, I mean, if you're playing scrum half, you're passing, it's pretty much the same, maybe not the same exactly, but you got to know how to pass both ways and uh, obviously kick to a certain extent. So, I mean, maybe it just gives coaches confidence that they could perform at that level that they can perform uh at the at another world cup so maybe i don't know something to think about i mean let's take a look at someone like demonte noble right not on the roster for the world cup definitely can excel both in the sevens and the 15 side you know where does where does he want to land um he's got plenty of rugby left in him um where does he go does he want to just kind of fully focus the sevens or does he want to try and be that hybrid person and go 15s and sevens speaking of 15s on that same level the women's in preparation for that world cup coming up in october played a couple tune-up matches in europe uh they beat scotland last or two weeks ago uh, in, in a pretty close match but i thought a pretty well fought match um and then did their best to hang on against the red roses the following week against england who are just the best team in the world uh by a mile at this point um, actually outscoring them in the second half of that match, but losing by a, a, a large margin at the end and when all was said and done. So uh, you guys have any thoughts on those tune-up matches for the women ahead of their World Cup? Any thoughts about how they might perform 
uh, now when we get down to it for the 15s? You know, watching the Scot, I watched the Scotland match. I didn't watch all of the the England match, but uh, it was just so exciting to see the energy that the USA women's team played with. I mean, going overseas, um, I mean, it was it was it it felt like in that game, even though it was a close match, that USA was just kind of like dominating when they needed to, and that you know at any moment they could have pulled away. But it was a it was a close game throughout the England match. Of what I watched, I mean. I, I guess we've been saying it a lot, you know, the U S still has a lot of room to grow, um, you know, in both the men's and the women's, but uh, it was exciting to watch the second half to see them still compete. And just throughout the game to see them compete. I think in October they have, you know, they, they have a really good chance to, to make an impact to really go far in the tournament. So it'll be exciting to see what they do. I would say for me, the vibes are very different around the women's team than the men's team at this point for 15s. The women just felt like you said, like they, you know, they were scrappy. They were, they were playing hard. They, they had a lot of energy. I think they have a really good mix of like, you know, veterans who were like timeless wonders, like Kate Zachary, who was ripping off huge runs all over the place and just a veteran leader. Um, and then some younger people as well. Olivia Ortiz was playing scrum half in that Scotland game. Um, you know, they have a lot of, a lot of talent on that team. And I, I, you know, I guess it, they, that those two games serve to show where they are in the national landscape where they're like pretty good. They're beating European sides. You know, Scotland is pretty good. Um, not a little bit lower than the USA in the world ranking, but they're an ascending side. Uh, but we're not quite at that upper echelon yet, uh, you know, to beat someone like England, but I think we're going to get there. There's more women that are playing in the, in the European pro leagues uh, every day. It seems like names are announced joining those, those sides uh, in the premiership. So I think that that side is just going to get better. I'm really excited for what they can do in October. Yeah, that's what you want to see. Uh, the hunger, I think, is what we're seeing from the women's national USA 15 side. Uh, wanting to play these teams, you know, wanting to get the prep for the for the big one in October. So it's really, really exciting to see. And the only thing I'll add, too, you got to remember the women's team playing with a lot of heart. I mean, this is going to be the first World Cup after the passing of Kathy Flores. I mean, this is this is a big deal to them. I think they have an opportunity to go in there and really, you know, set the stage and, you know, play with that mindset that, you know, they're playing for Kathy and I think they will. I think everyone understands the job that they got and they're going to, I think they're going to show the world something great in October. Yeah. And this is a tournament they've been waiting for, for some time now pushed off a couple of times due to COVID. So it's, you know, it's, it's something that they have kind of been itching to get into, but uh, we'll talk about the men's team as well with a little bit of a different set of vibes, a chance for them to change those vibes heading into the Repishage tournament in November It's do or die for that squad. They did schedule a couple matches in October uh, against not international sides. It looked like there was a couple pro sides um, uh, in South Africa. I believe they scheduled a couple of matches. Uh, I have to check that, but I, I, you know, I'm hoping that those can serve to kind of springboard them into that uh, rapper shots tournament with a little bit of positive vibes. Um, but I think they're going to be without a couple of their stars who are playing in, you know, in in Europe at this point. Do you guys have any thoughts on, or what do you want to see from the men's team in these October matches ahead of that that really really all important tournament in November? Josh, <laughs> oh, we're starting with me. Um, man, men's fifteen side. It's really getting me that we're still not qualified for a World Cup. Uh, but uh, just it can't be sloppy i mean finally put it together a little bit that was i know you know you had some bad weather games that they were playing against uh against chile right it was yeah. chile right yeah i just it 
it blows my mind that we see all the success in the women's 15 side. We're seeing the success in the seven side and it just, it, it feels like we're so close to putting it together on the men's 15 side. We're just, it's like one step forward, two step back sometimes. So two quality performances in October will give me a lot of hope, but right now I'm still, I'm still a heavy drinker when it comes to watching the <laughs> USA men's 15 team. Colby, any thoughts? Um, Yeah. I mean, looking forward to seeing some of the talent from the MLR that's on the roster, just put their best foot forward in the upcoming competitions, you know, uh, rugby, New York has a couple of guys, Nick Cavetta, uh, Nate Brakely. We talked about a little bit. We're on the roster. So just, you know, wanting those guys to do well and hoping, yeah, that they play in the world cup because we want this sport to grow. And I think the best way to do that is to play in the big competitions. So let's get now into the college game, which is what we're all here for. So we went a little long on the international stuff, but it's kind of a big time for for rugby. I think overall the calendars, the fall is, is kind of a you know a lot going on. But uh, the college game is also getting underway. So before we get into the games, before we dive into some recaps and previews of next week, just a, a couple little bits of news. NCR National Collegiate Rugby recently appointed Greg White as the new men's small college commissioner. Um, they also added Seth Irwin uh, as the men's region three commissioner. Um, you guys seen anything else happening on the college front news wise before we get into the recaps? The only thing that I want to add, you know, and this is a, a confusing thing for me that I'm still trying to understand what's going on with this CRAA or NCR, what you are. I mean, I'm hearing news, Indiana, Michigan, Purdue, Illinois are now NCR teams. But, you know, when it comes time to figure out where are you paying your dues, where are you playing your games, these teams are still playing CRAA schedules. So, you know, I think we talked last year about the confusion of all of these different conferences in college rugby. And now it seems to be getting even a step more confusing because teams aren't even playing for the conference that they're associated with. So. I, I think we need I think we deserve an explanation. So if you're Indiana, you're Michigan, who who are you playing for? Are you playing for NCR? Are you playing for CRAA? Uh I think it's I think it's time to really define that line and, and help us figure it out. I don't know if if there's any benefit for the clubs, especially to to announce that. I mean, there's really no what what does that get you to say to declare an allegiance other than upsetting, you know, another governing body? Like I I really don't know what there has to be something done because, you know, these teams are just going to play whoever they want to play anyway. Uh, I don't, again, don't know on the back end what the benefit, you know, is to siding with NCR over CRAA um, in terms of like insurance or dues or whatever, like that, whatever support you get from the conferences. But in terms of playing on the field, there really seems to me to be at this point, zero benefit in declaring either way, like just, you know, playing your schedule and playing the the teams you want to play. Um, I saw Alabama also announced that, you know, their NCR team now, they thank CRA for doing what they did. I don't know what, you know, again, what the benefits would be of switching, but uh, it, it, we're seeing them pop up in rankings for these, these conferences, you know, the teams that are switching over like Indiana. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I would love to see some clarity on that, but I, I'm not sure if it, if it benefits anybody to do so. I think it's, I think the, the playing aspect of it and the, conference aspect of it is is just separate like the what conference you're in doesn't necessarily have like anything to do with who you play i don't think they that's what like from their perspective they don't value that that's what it seems to me yeah 
Yeah, I I don't. I guess we'll see. And when it comes down championship time in the winter as well, in December, they announced the NCR is playing those matches in, in Houston this year uh, for men's and women's, you know, whether we see these teams pop up there and whether they're going to, you know, be a part of that. But, um, and then again, in the spring who, who, you know, they would play in those tournaments as well. Um, but I don't know. I, I wish there were more formal announcements too, or something along the lines from the conference itself of like, Hey, these teams are, you know, he ours now and this is what that means for them i i don't know i it's it's all kind of still a mess um yeah i guess although i guess it is getting a little bit clearer in terms of you know we're starting to see teams pick a side but it is uh it is kind of a mess it is confusing we're going to do our best to, to keep on it though throughout the year for you guys we're going to keep updating everybody uh news as it breaks as we see it and we're just going to talk about rugby we're going to talk about teams uh, when they play other teams and if, for us i think for what we do as well on the podcast it doesn't necessarily matter uh who's playing for what um conference or you know whatever but we'll keep on the rankings as well updated but we're just gonna talk about the games as we see them and we're excited to to watch them uh and on that note we can kind of get started on recapping the first weekend of action guys not everybody underway yet not every you know a full slate of games but a pretty decent chunk of games played on the weekend a lot of really good ones um i'll kick us off i really wanted to highlight navy uh the men's side playing their first ever game as a varsity full varsity program uh, and they beat the citadel 88 to nothing so i'm really making a statement there guys uh coming out as your as a varsity program for the first time ever and beating a side in the citadel that did lose a couple guys there were seniors that were kind of ncr all-stars that declared for the draft um, you know, so some quality talent there, but I expect a little bit more of a fight out of the Citadel, uh, who were ranked in kind of the NCR top 10. Uh, but Navy really, really took it to them, shutting them out. Uh, a lot of guys on that team look, look really good. So I, I was really impressed by that statement victory for Navy. Um, looking forward to what they can do going forward. I guess declaring yourself a varsity program makes you really good all of a sudden immediately. I, I didn't realize that was the case, but it seemed to work for Navy. So plus five and all attributes. <laughs> you know apparently so yeah you works. just get you get like a, a huge boost right out of the gate so uh were you guys able to catch any of that game or you guys had any games you want to talk about here uh that you want to highlight from last weekend yeah i'd love to talk about two young fly halves that are tearing it up right now so far in this young season uh in the on the woman's side sacred heart defeated princeton 53 to 21 and in that game sophomore fly half Alyssa cunningham had 19 total points with seven for seven in her conversions uh, in that game. And uh, I guess she's going to be a player to look out for as the season progresses. Additionally, on the men's side, Syracuse defeated Binghamton 29 to 17 and freshman fly half Nick Davis assisted uh, in that game, scored one try in uh, Syracuse's victory over their state rivals, Binghamton. So two young fly halves to watch for Nick Davis and Alyssa Cunningham. That was a tough one for me, the Princeton game. I'm rooting for them this season uh, to see them come out and lose to Sacred Heart, uh, who were a pretty good program. Um, definitely not, you know, the top of the heap in Naira. Shows just kind of how far, how big of a gap Princeton's going to have to close here. Uh, you know, they haven't even faced any of the really, really top teams like a Harvard or Dartmouth. But I, I'm glad they're out there. I'm excited to watch them. Uh, so that that should be, should be a fun season. Um, Joshua, any games catch your eye this weekend? So I know I'm I'm ready for the uh 
the hate here, but uh, I did I did attend a game, and uh, it may not have gone the way that I wanted, <laughs> but uh, turns out Adrian's a pretty good team. Uh, they they decided to beat up on Michigan State thirty three to nothing, and uh pretty nasty shutout i gotta be honest with you i mean it's it's uh it's amazing to see a program that is a new varsity program in its second year progress the way that adrian has with the backing from the school that it's gotten um yeah they they were they were on a different level they came out there and it it felt like michigan state was playing on its heels the entire game Adrian could do whatever they want. By the end of the game, they were they were in full celebration mode in their in their try scoring. So uh not the best start to the campaign for Michigan State, but uh hell of a game for for Adrian. I, I don't see them sticking in D2 that much longer. Shout out Coach Benny, friend of the pod, Colby. We've had Shout a lot. out Coach Benny. Yeah. Shout out Coach Benny. Great guy. Doing, doing big things over there. Yeah, Josh. So that's that sucks, man, to get blown out in your opening game like that. That's really, really tough as a now you know you can't go back. Like you can't go to any more games. <laughs> they they no, should I... ban you from the facility. <laughs> you know, it might be the bad luck, but I, I do have to go back for one more game in October. So I uh oh, good luck, know. Michigan State. Good luck. You're coming with me. You both are coming <laughs> yeah. with me. So you guys are gonna be there. So we'll know, balance you out. Kobe and I are always good luck for our programs. So yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> we'll keep you off the we'll keep you off the field. But yeah, I can't wait for that. Battle battle for the mitten of the mitten. Don't mess it up like Matt. About the mitten. <laughs> Matt By said it Matt, just like Matt messes up our names in every show, it seems, he always messes up the title of it. I think he said battle of the mitten, battle in the mitten, battle <laughs> battle to the mitten. Sometimes he doesn't even say mitten. I'm excited. He'll be calling that game, right? So I'm excited to he see what be, he yeah. goes with yeah. to open that one up. So yeah, that'll be that'll be the most fun uh for me. So yeah, tough one, Josh. We we hate to see that. Um both Colby and my school, I think, are are winning our opening matches. So uh, we'll see if Michigan State can rebound going forward. But, yeah, shout out to Adrian College. And I think a theme of this is if your school supports your program and you're a varsity program and you have some funding and stuff like that, you can do really good things, so including beat the crap out of Michigan State. Uh, so another game that I liked uh, or I wanted to at least shout out on the weekend um, on the women's side, tough loss for Coach Roz in her opening matchup uh, at Brown University, her first game out. They dropped a forty-seven to fourteen match to Quinnipiac, who I think is, Quinnipiac is a pretty good side, um, a solid side. You'd probably like to see a little bit of a better showing from Brown uh, on that front. You know, they were the top of the pack in Naira last year. Uh, Coach Ross obviously very successful at life, so probably just some early season, you know, adjustments, trying to get used to the new system uh, under new coach. Uh, is Brown, so we're hoping that you know Coach Roz, I'm sure she can turn things around there. A uh, bit of a tough stat line to see on that opening weekend, but um, you know, again, yeah, not not super worried. I'm not hitting the panic button on Brown yet on the women's side. Uh, and then the last one for me that I wanted to just shout out as well: a really close game between Wheeling, who were my like dark horse teams this year, who I think is is really going to make some noise and be successful at the end of the year. A young side last year who had a lot of really talented guys um, who were kind of putting it together. Dropped a very, very close match to Queens University of Charlotte, 22 to 19 on the weekend. Um, and the player who stood out for me on the wheeling side, at least, Rua Carrie Mazondo, who was a freshman last year, who I thought, you know, he's a he's a bigger guy. Like he he has the tools. He was trying to put it all together. He's very young, though. This year, this in this game, he had a blocked kick that he returned for a try. 
And it kind of just looked like, you know, it's kind of an example of what you're going to see from that program this year, younger guys who maybe have the physical tools that are starting to mature on the pitch and kind of put it all together and start making a little bit of a larger impact on the game. So I'm, I'm, again, I'm still really excited despite the loss uh, to a very good queen side. I'm, I'm very excited to see what that, uh, that program at Wheeling has in store for us going forward this year. So. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Zach Rue is a guy we talked about a lot last season. Uh, it's definitely got a bright future ahead of him. So yeah, looking forward to talking more about him and uh, him in the club. Yeah, so any uh, any other games on the weekend you guys want to shout out before we kind of preview next weekend, what we're heading into? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, Don't sound so sure about it, Josh. You sounded well, very. Uh... You know, I can't, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm an analyst, you know, we got to stay neutral here, but Ohio State, you know, the defending Big Ten champions decided to uh, decided to route Notre Dame in a week where Ohio State football also beat Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> this is, the, is this the toughest week ever for you, Josh, in terms of uh, Big Ten wins and losses here? In terms of it, life? <laughs> it's just a tough week for me in general, boys. You know, I'm really I'm really pushing through here. I'm trying my best here. But uh, all, all kudos aside, Ohio State, you know, starting off their campaign again, they got they got a beefy schedule. They're going to Tennessee next uh to go play go play them uh getting an early win against notre dame a notre dame team that you know gives you a lot of good comparison when you're talking about rankings since notre dame does place a lot of the top teams in the country they travel really well um to get an early season win to get an early season win of 39 to 14 um welcome to the big 10 notre dame (laughs) is pretty impressive so um kudos to ohio state do i think do I think they're going to stand up well against an Indiana team who just pretty much demolished Kansas? Um, we'll see. We'll see if they can pull it off again this year. But uh, Ohio State starts off their season with a win, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure they're excited for what's to come. Yeah, it helped them in in golf's rankings on the golf rugby report. I think for Ohio State, that was a big win for them. Um, and maybe an ascending program there too. They had uh, Christian only got drafted right, the winger out of Ohio State from last year. So maybe we'll start. Start to see uh, Josh's nightmare unfold here and see if Ohio State can, although I guess it's not as bad as Michigan. So uh, hopefully Michigan doesn't ascend to higher heights. But yeah, who do you Michigan lost? Lord? Hey, hey, they, you know what? There's a win. <laughs> Michigan lost to Western Michigan, who uh, battling with a new coach, you know. Uh, so not everything is bad this week, boys. At least silver at least lining. One t- <laughs> there's a so, silver lining to everything. So who do you hate more as a Spartan, Michigan or Ohio State? Well, to be honest, being that I'm from California and did not grow up in Michigan, I don't really understand the rivalry that much. <laughs> but I think I'm supposed to hate Michigan more. But apparently everyone in the state doesn't like Ohio. But then everyone in Ohio just hates Michigan in general so much that they take out the letter M whenever that they're playing Michigan. So to me, it's really confusing. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's It's a lot. It's a lot. I haven't fully understood it yet. That feels like something you have to be born into to like fully understand uh, uh, the tough. You, apparently, some fans are only fans because they shop at Walmart. Other fans are fans because their parents went to the school. It's you know the Midwest is intense, and sports is the backbone of most families in the Midwest. And uh, in California, I I don't I don't think we I don't think we ever get to that level. So apparently, it pains Michigan State fans that Michigan's biggest rival is Ohio state. Well, I mean, that's, not them. 
that's mm. that's great and all but i mean you know if i was if i was michigan and i was worried about ohio state i mean they they barely beat ohio state okay <laughs> and and really if you look over the years michigan state has a good record against michigan so if anything of the three you have to kind of look at michigan and be like man what are they doing they're like the youngest <laughs> of the three but uh I guess I guess Michigan State is just over here. You know, we're a fun group. We don't we don't we don't we're you know, we're we're the middle child. We're just here, you know, doing our thing and uh we beat up on people when we get the chance. But other times, you know, we just we're just we're just kind of the third. That's fair. Midwest is very confusing. California's confusing. New York's pretty straightforward. You New York the East Coast, New York hates Boston, Boston hates New York. Uh everyone else is irrelevant. So that's pretty much uh that's pretty much how it goes. We're like Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> To Boston and New York. I, like I guess that's like that, that. Wow. I love that. I love yeah. that comparison. Now, that's not East true. Coast? New York hates Philly. Yeah, Boston, they hate Boston. Boston. Yeah, we hate Boston more. It, it depends what we're talking about, but New York does not like Philadelphia. I'll tell you that right now. But I'm Is not scared of Philly. Like, I don't I don't expect them to beat us ever. So what are we talk? What sport are we talking about here? Any, Any sport. Anything. Yeah. Just life in general. Philly hates New York. Yes. But New York. And- isn't worried about Philly. They hate Boston. They Philly would love Philly. for New York to be the main rival to Philly. But right now, listen, listen, if you're a Mets fan, you can't say anything about the Phillies, right? If you're a Giants fan, you can barely say anything about the Eagles. So Giants have talking? two Super Bowls. If you're Eagles a Knicks fan, yeah. what are you going to say to a Sixers fan? Like, what are we what are we talking about here? Philly, Philly is an issue. Philly is an issue. for Yeah, no, they do. But but who's the main one? It's It's New York and Boston. Kobe's more like a Central Jersey guy, so he doesn't like. It's a different. It really depends on the sport. Like, it's not. It's not cut and dry. It depends on what sport we're talking about. All right. Well, I liked my analogy. Zach got it. <laughs> so in baseball, guy, yeah, it's New York, Boston. Yeah. Now, every, not in basketball. Every every coast is confusing in terms of uh, rivalries at this point. Everybody's we all kind of hate everybody. So uh, <laughs> now we'll get back. We'll go back to the we'll rugby. Get back to stuff. some rugby. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to the rugby. Everybody loves each other in rugby. You get that's the rugby spirit. You hate each other on the pitch, but then you get off the pitch and everybody's friends. So we'll go with that. Uh, We're let's brothers. Look, let's look ahead to some games we're excited about this weekend, guys. We got this is pretty much. I think a lot of teams are back in action this coming weekend. Uh, which is September 10th and 11th. The teams are picking back up. Uh, we've got everybody in action here. Uh, so give me some games that you guys are super excited about. And then we're going to do our new lock of the week segment where we each pick a game uh, and pick a winner. And we're going to keep track of those records going on through the year and see who is the best uh, and when all is said and done. So uh, I guess I'll kick us off again, just a game that I want to make sure everybody watches. I think one of the biggest games uh, of this young season so far on the men's side, Penn State versus Queens University Charlotte on the 10th. Uh, that'll be streamed, live streamed on ESPN Plus at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And that is a huge clash of the Titans uh, and one that I think will uh, give us a good idea of how these teams are both going to go going forward in this fall season and how the you know the championship uh, run might end here. Uh, it was a rematch of last year's NCR semifinal where Penn State beat Queens by, I think, a point. Uh, and so that was a great matchup. So... We are. I'm looking forward to that game for sure. I would. I hope everybody can tune in. Excuse me for that in the morning. That should be a, a real, real great game of rugby. Uh, so, what are you guys looking at for this coming week? Yeah, personally, just want to get out the way. Um, Iona hosting Fordham on Saturday at 1 p.m. at Mazella Field in New Rochelle at home. 
honestly, uh, Fordham and Iona is a huge New York State rivalry. <clears throat> They're about 15 minutes from each other. Uh, you know, so really close. And typically, Iona has dominated the matchup in years past. I expect them to win in their opener this weekend. And they're my pick uh, for this weekend on the men's side. So I'm, I'm taking Iona over Fordham. And Brendan Buckley, who was perfect with conversions uh, in week one, will be perfect once more in his conversions. Wow, home. double prediction there from Colby Marshall. I, I'm i torn in that one. My dad's a Fordham guy. My cousin's at Iona right now. So we'll see. We'll see. who I'll decide on game day who I like in that one. But uh, Josh, uh, any games to highlight? Who do you... We'll, we're getting the picks too, I guess, if you got them. But give me your, yeah, give me your your couple uh, options here. I'm I'm going with Kutztown Army. I think that's going to be a beast of a game out of the East. Um, uh, Army defending national champions. They are a tough team to beat at home, and that West Point atmosphere is is something else. I think coming off a national championship, they're going to be ready to play. They're going to be ready to defend that title. I'm I am locking in Army to be able to get a tough win over Kutztown in Week One or week two now for them. Interesting matchup because both teams kind of with that championship hangover with Kutztown winning the sevens at the end of the spring there. Army, uh, very competitive, yeah, on the 15 side of things, going deep in that season. That'll be a heck of a matchup. Uh, we'll see if you're right on that one, Mr. Nestia, with Army uh, coming out on top. I don't know. Kutztown looks pretty good. They look pretty hungry. So we'll see. But uh, I guess my, my choice for my lock of the week, this week uh, is going to be a D2 women's game. Uh, Davenport, who are historically a very good program, up against Westchester, uh, who had a very strong finish to their season last year. Uh, I'm taking Davenport in this one to win on the road. I think Davenport has a very strong season. Uh, Olivia Ortiz, a scrum half for USA, has uh, helping out with the coaching duties there. She played at Davenport back in the day, uh, which was not too long ago, like maybe a couple of years ago. But um I think they are going to be very strong in their ascending program. I look for them to have a strong season, open that up with a strong victory on the road here. So that's my lock. Uh, and then just to, to just mention another game scrimmage, but we'll see how it goes. University of Northern Iowa women at Notre Dame college uh, again, preseason scrimmage, but you know, it'd be good to see. These are two really top teams in the NCR. Uh, we'll kind of get a sense of where they're at uh, heading into the season here, but uh, any other games you guys want to put on anybody's radar before we head out of here? Yeah, just one more game. Notre Dame College going up against St. Bonaventure, a matchup between two top 25 teams in the D1 landscape. St. Bonaventure are the defending uh, D1 champions, so should be a good early season test for them uh, against Notre Dame College. So that's definitely a game to look out for. Yeah, that should be a very, very good game. Uh, I, I like both those teams. Uh, it be interesting to see if St. Bonaventure can keep that rolling, again, replenish their – they're stock with a lot of young guys uh, coming into the program this year. So we'll see how that plays out for them. But uh, guys, this was fun, man. This was a good time. I'm glad that rugby is back. College rugby is back. We are going to do our best to bring you all the info uh, as it comes into us. The uh, It's tough to gather it all. It's kind of very uh, scattered throughout the uh, the social stratosphere, some of this stuff. But we are, we are on top of it for you guys. So you don't have to be. Uh, and uh, yeah, guys, I'm pumped. I'm real pumped. If if I could say though, if you're a team, and if you're man, if you're if you're if you're a team in college mm-hmm. rugby, and you have a player that's managing your social media, get the score on your damn Twitter. 
get you know come on you guys this, well, uh, uh, what happens here is like i feel like a lot of the clubs out there they focus on one platform and totally neglect the other so there's going to be teams that are solely on twitter teams that are solely on instagram that's great do something because i swear <laughs> i still see teams who's got schedules from two years ago so you know as if if matt mccarthy was here he'd be losing his mind so we need to we need to step it up in the in the reporting or you know at least get the score out some way to us i don't know give us a pigeon a messenger pigeon get it to us before we have to record the show we need something that's a quarter of the job it feels like uh is like clicking on dead links that don't work anymore or like going to websites that the last time they were updated was like 2006 or like last time somebody tweeted was was like 1995 before the platform even existed so it's it's tough. It's tough landscape out there. But you're right. I, I think, and Colby, you're right too. A lot of teams are doing stuff, but it's tough to find where they're doing that stuff. You know, they're just doing it across the board. It'll be better. Uh, but keep keep it up, guys. We're 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 trying to you know highlight your your teams, and we're trying to uh, you help us out a little bit. We'll help you guys out. That's what you we'll should, say on that. You one. should see me when I'm going up to like find information about a team, going to click on a link. I got like pom poms on my hands ready to celebrate if it takes me to a live page and got stuff to look at i'm ready i'm I'm getting ready to be told i got a computer virus with some of these websites that i'm going on to find games i mean it's uh it's a journey it's a journey but we we love it that's why we do it that's why we're doing the pod that's why we're helping you guys out that's why we get excited about weird stuff like that can't uh, wait yep yeah wait stick with us rest of the season we're gonna be doing this every week we're gonna have recaps we're gonna have previews we're gonna have everything for you guys coming at you on the rugby wrap-up podcast feed uh we're gonna have some video stuff going throughout the year too um we will get you as much rugby info as possible uh so yeah follow us on all of our social platforms which sometimes we also neglect i feel but you know we're, we're doing our best as well so we're on twitter we're on instagram uh we're on youtube consume all rugby wrap-ups great content as well matt continues to churn out amazing interviews uh on the mlr show uh rugby odds should be coming back as well soon so we'll hopefully see some of that on the horizon uh only good things only good things going forward so final thoughts guys then we'll we'll head out of here colby's gonna sing us out again he said he agreed so it's the oh, yeah well, you got final thoughts or you got <laughs> you could do it go ahead go for go it gales. go gales go gales <laughs> Love my prediction this week. Love my lock. Get in. Feel confident about it. 1-0 are going to be the Gales after Saturday. Sorry, Fordham. Sorry, Ben Foden. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but go Gales. And it's the college rugby wrap-up. Josh, what you got? West Coast Sevens is coming back, boys. It's going to be, uh, you know, that weird thing that we we play sevens somewhere, but we also play 15s. But probably one of the coolest sevens tournaments out there. So I'm excited to watch that when that gets started. Now you can go back to singing. Sing us out, Colby. Take us home. Josh, Zach, and me are on the college show today. College rugby wrap up is back. That was the best one yet. Gotta get you to lie to me.